1: And welcome to this week's episode of the Couch Rotato. I'm Alex Morrison, and this is part two, part duh, of our Kevin Smith rundown. And we ended on a high note with Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, double disc, (laughs) double disc edition.
0: No, that, that, was actually, that was wild, because that was the only way I could find that movie, was a well, double-disc edition.
1: Well, I'm glad you brought that up, because that's a that's a, not necessarily a segue, but a kind of a cool little intro topic we could talk about here. Uh, the DVDs for these sets were always really nice, because yeah. with that, you always got the making of. Yeah. And I always appreciated that, because uh, actually something I meant to ask you in the first episode, which was... Uh, when did you first hear of Kevin Smith? Like, what was your first experience with it? Uh, probably Dogma. Dogma. Like I, when it was in theaters? No, when I when I first
0: watched it um, at a buddy's house, he had it on. Uh, I think it was VHS, mm-hmm. but uh, he had a copy of it, and we watched it. And the whole Jay and Silent Bob thing was hilarious. And around that time, I think because uh, he had like the cartoons and stuff. Yeah, for the Clerks animated series. Uh, and that's when I saw Jay and Silent Bob Moore. And right. then when I saw this, I was just like, well, i got to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> because this is about these two. So, yeah, that's how I really heard about Kevin Smith. Kevin Smith kind of showed up periodically here and there. On I think I first saw Kevin Smith on The Daily Show, mm. doing an interview with Jon Stewart back when he was still on the helm of it. Um, but other than that, Comedy Central would probably be the biggest time I've already saw. Because they did, they did, for a short time, the the clerks animated series late at night along with, we'll get to that one. Yeah. Along
1: with IFC and stuff. So I was, I've been thinking hard about this. I can't remember my first experience learning about Kevin Smith. Mm -hmm. I remember a time in which I never knew who he was. And then I remember a time in which I was a big fan. I don't remember discovering him, but I feel like it was through different parts because the, Earliest memory I can remember of like in Kevin Smith was when I was 18, 19, Mm. and Jeff Williams asked if I had seen Clerks 2 yet because he had it on DVD. And I know the only reason he was asking me is because I knew about Kevin Smith before that. Because I know if he, because I had seen at least Clerks 1 by then. I know I hadn't seen Mallrats, Rats, and I feel like I had seen Strikes Back. But I don't think I had watched Clerks 2 yet.
0: Well, that whole, like, in, between like 16 and 19 is probably like the. I the, like the juicy spot of the demographic. Oh, yeah, the yeah. demographic. So it'd be hard to say where you first saw it. It's kind of like when you first, say you first saw Star Wars or some yeah. shit. Yeah. Like I, the earliest memory I have of Star Wars is like when I was five and I got bit by a fucking dog real bad. And uh, my dad had a bootleg copy that he got off HBO.
1: Nah. <laughs> I nice. It, I had a
0: TV in my room. He put it on the VHS player. and I just sat in the top bunk of my bunk bed and watched that while
1: I was. Healing from a dog wound. Yeah. I got ripped off a fucking lawnmower by a dog. Damn. You fuck. Know. See, yeah, so I, I honestly don't remember my first experience with it. But, no, I remember ever since, like, watching any of them the first time, just going, oh, this is great. No. Oh, this is amazing. Yeah. You know, it's like, this is fantastic. I love it. You know, that kind of stuff. So that kind of – So I feel like Strikes Back may have been the first movie. I, Because, oh, I actually – my earliest Kevin Smith memory, and this may have been what kind of sparked my interest. Okay, so when James Holly by Strike, Strike Back come out in 2001, we have direct TV by this point, which has pay per view. And I remember you can watch the first. What was it like five minutes of a movie before it like popped up the screen? Being like, All right, do you want to pay for this? No, you know, and then you'd have to, you know, confirm if you want to do that or not. And I remember seeing the title Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, and me being a Star Wars nerd, being like, is this a Star Wars thing? Yeah. Because Strikes Back, that's clearly a Star Wars reference. I've got to see what this is. And I remember watching the first five minutes of it and being like, this isn't Star Wars, but this is funny. (laughs) I will say, say,
0: because you brought up DirecTV, I don't think I've been more pissed off when I was a kid when we switched from Dish Network to DirecTV. Oh, DirecTV sucked ass, dude. But uh, we had switched from Dish Network And I was watching a movie while this was happening. And I was watching a movie called Majestic. It's got Jim Carrey. So it's an average movie. Yeah. But I got vested into it because it's a very serious movie with Jim Carrey. Yeah. And the guy comes in. He's like, hey, we're going to change the box. I'm just like, do we have this channel on this? And he's like, well, I don't know. And we don't. And I was just like, I took me like three years to find that fucking movie because I couldn't remember the title for shit. Oh, and damn. IMDb wasn't that big. Yeah, our internet. So like when I went on the internet, all I did was steal music. Yeah, <laughs> so I, could,
1: or <laughs> I work, can do other shit on there than watch porn and or, steal or, music,
0: or just uh, put music on my MySpace page.
1: Yeah, <laughs> fuck. <laughs>
0: So reach yeah. out to reach out to Tom see if he actually talks to you, which you
1: probably fucking did. <laughs> so yeah, I feel like around maybe Strikes Back era is when I first start really kind of figuring out who Kevin Smith was and kind of maybe seeking out information mm-hmm. on who he was, and maybe around that time point I did wind up having a friend that had Clerks on like VHS or something, and I wound up watching. I remember seeing
0: a lot on VHS, yeah, because uh, there's always like. Anybody whose house, whose parents had like a bottom of movies, it was always one of those. You know, everyone had that one. Everyone had, you know,
1: the Godfather on fucking two two cassettes or some shit or Titanic or some shit, and who knows maybe you know they had like TV rights at this point. I caught it like you know on Comedy Central or some shit. Yeah. I don't know, you know. I just remember at one point just kind of knowing who Kevin Smith was and this falling into it kind of around that era. And I remember seeing uh, as we kind of roll into talking about the next movie, I remember watching trailers for this, but to this day. I have still not seen Zack and Miri make a porno. That is a solid comedy. Now, this is an important movie um, for a couple different reasons, even though I've not seen it. Uh, One, this is the first Kevin Smith production. Well, not really production. I think he just directed it. Uh, Let me look here. He was director, writer, and editor. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right, so he, he played a major role in it. But this is the first one outside of the View universe. Mm-hmm. And this marks the first time he smokes weed. Yeah. At the very end of this shoot, not to jump to the end, but it's, it's the footnote. At the very end of it, um, what's his head? Um, the other guy. Jay. No, from Zach and Mary make a pornos. Seth, oh, Seth, Seth. Seth, yeah, Seth. The entire time, Seth Rogan. Seth Rogan. The entire time is trying to get Kevin to smoke with him. Mm-hmm. He's like, "Oh no, man, you know that that shit makes you lazy. You know, I, I don't know if I want to do that. You know, I'm already lazy as it is. I don't need anything to help me be more lazy." He's like, "Nah, dude, just have a little, have, have a little smoke with me." He's just like, I, "I don't think I want to." Gets to the very end of the shoot. They're in the editing room. He's just like, "Come on, dude." Of all places, have a smoke with me. He's just like, okay, all right, fine. I'll have a smoke with you in the editing room. That way, you know, anything we could do, we can like undo, you know, this, that, and the other. And like at that point that he was sold, he's just like, oh, fuck. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, this is great. So people see this as both a positive and negative turning point for Kevin Smith. Really? Yes. Some people think that after this moment, he kind of changed his thought process and push with his movies mm-hmm. because everything leading up to this had a certain poignancy. It had a certain bit bite to it. Well, it had to, like it, it has that because of the
0: re, re, the retention of characters. Because he's he's using the same characters throughout. You know, this well, one this one doesn't
1: no um but talking about like even when they go when he goes as he refers to going back to the well eventually Mm. while the other movies haven't quite stood up is because of his weed use Mm. a lot of people have kind of pointed to that yeah
0: probably you know it could just be the fact that you know he became a hollywood director and stopped making indie movies that happens all the time. Yeah. Uh, Quentin Tarantino doesn't have the greatest track record, but they are fun movies. There are ones that are worse than other ones that are always going to have that way. But he got shouldered into do actual, you know, Hollywood films. And this is still like a Kevin Smith romance movie. Like, yeah. You know, so to the, go back to the movie, I just yeah. that was just a little footnote. So, exactly.
1: We were So,
0: of all the people that are in the movie, Randall, the guy that plays Randall's in it. Yep. He's not Randall, but he's in it. Jeff Anderson. Yeah, Jeff Anderson uh, and Jason Muse. Jason Muse plays Chester, a aspiring porn actor <laughs> named Molester, <laughs> which is fucking hilarious. Anyway, so the cast of it's this... It's almost
1: like the jokes write themselves. So, so what's funny
0: is like you have um, a lot of the cast members from 40-Year-Old Virgin mixing with people from the VSQ universe, uh, actors from the VSQ, uh, coming together in this movie.
1: So... Uh, all Actually, right. sorry, <laughs> we are have to kind of pause there because yeah. uh, I totally got us off track. The first that was not the first movie. <laughs> yeah, I would say that's that was about two thousand nine. That was two thousand eight. Yeah, yeah, sorry, it was technically Jersey Girl. <laughs> yeah, Jersey Girls is a fucking sequel right, to a it, movie he didn't write. <laughs> we can keep all the intro, but I'll just lead it in the other way. <laughs> we'll, have re- uh, we'll have to go back over that as if we didn't. Yeah. So, that actually just kind of leads into the first movie we're going to talk about, which is Jersey Girl. Did you watch that movie? I've watched bits of Jersey Girl. Mainly, and the only reason I've not watched it is because of how much Kevin himself shits on this movie.
0: Yeah, no, it's, it's just another romantic movie. Um, Jennifer Lopez's character had died. Yeah. Uh, it's a sequel, technically. To a movie called Geely, Geely.
1: Oh, I anyway, heard them talking about. Anyway, yeah. anyway,
0: Ben Affleck's with Jennifer Lopez. Blah 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 blah. That movie happens. Then then this movie happens. Mm. Uh, she's pregnant. She gives birth. She dies. That's it. Yeah. And it's about a story about a single dad and how Ben Affleck ended up fucking Jennifer Garner later on <laughs> and becoming the daredevil. <laughs> but like Jersey Girl, that it's just a straight up romantic comedy movie and he's a and he's somewhat of like a tv producer if i'm not if i'm not mistaken in the movie and he's just trying to be a single dad yeah and it, and it doesn't hit quite correct until after you watch a reboot mm-hmm. and you kind of understand the story he wanted to tell and i understand why he shits on it because it's not his movie right like he was told to direct this movie it's not his movie it's just probably Ben Affleck's like, hey, I know a guy who can direct this this piece of shit. Well, I mean, for Jersey Girl, he's listed as director, writer, and editor. Yeah. So he probably came in with the scripts that someone else wrote and fixed it. Yeah. And he probably just hates it because it's a movie he probably didn't originally write because technically it's a sequel. That's what people, you know... It matches up too much with the other movie before this, right? And it's just like, did y'all just change the names? <laughs> like this, this was this going to be Julie Two? Jennifer Lopez dies. <laughs> like this is how it is. And and if I, I'm trying to remember who the other characters, I think Ken Smith is in the movie as a side character, um, but he's very talkative. He's not Silent Bob. You know what I'm
1: saying? Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah, he's not listed, but uh, George Carlin's in it. Yeah, it's one of his last movies. Yeah, uh, but yeah, Jersey Girl and like The Pantheon is probably like a D. Um, it's not really my speed. It's just another romantic comedy.
1: Where would you rank that one? A D. D. Yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll play along with that one because, like I said, that that was one that I just never really. Well, the problem with like Jennifer Lopez movie, she only
0: has three good ones in her entire career. <laughs> <laughs> They're all just schlock. <laughs> yeah. Because um, she plays the same person in every one of them.
1: And now, uh, by this point, uh, he just, for so, Kevin, for some reason, decides to go back to the well one more time mm-hmm. before fully calling it. Because he even said that. He's like, when he wrote Jane and Silent Bob Strike Back, he wanted that to be the end mm-hmm. of that era. But then was just like, ah, I really want to make Clerks too. I really want to make that. I really want to make that. So, as as you, you watch the bonus features for this film, is literally called Going Back to the Well because he felt like he got so burned with Jersey Girl mm-hmm. that he was just like, I got to come back. I want to go back to what I know. So he went back to what he knows. He went back to Clerks 2. And up front, this is my number one favorite film. Yeah. it it Of his. And honestly, of my personal favorites, it's in my top five. Yeah. Like, I, I put it up with S. Yeah, oh, yes. The, uh, d- this is an S-tier movie for me. I didn't
0: go to the theaters and saw this. I rented this from Family Video mm-hmm. uh, with a Philly steak pizza <laughs> with my buddy because of Marcos is part of it. <laughs> but and,
1: yeah, I remember, I remember renting this movie. I didn't go. like I think I had a chance to go to the theaters, but I just didn't go. And there's multiple reasons why I love this movie. On the surface, funny as fuck. The jokes in this are nonstop. Some of them are subtle. You know, we get Dante and Randall back. a great combination, you know, and Randall is more of an insufferable asshole in this movie, which kind of makes him a good character because you, you got to have someone to kind of begrudgingly like <laughs> one thing that doesn't like
0: and it's a little problem I have with it. So in the beginning, it's black and white, and he lifts the doors. the place is on fire. Mm-hmm. okay. Uh, Randall's store. Does it seem like it's on fire? It's just the convenience store that's on fire. However, as we progress, we find out that Dante and Randall are working at movies together. Mm -hmm. Why the fuck is Randall working there? Did the movie store burn down? Because I don't remember seeing the movie store ever burning down. And that's the only problem I have with a movie. It's not really a problem. It's just like, oh, no, let me just follow my buddy to work. (laughs) (laughs) But you know what I'm saying? Like it doesn't make sense. Like, did he quit his job? Did he go out of business because it was a burnt out convenience store next door? Like, it doesn't make sense to me because by the time the movie ends, the convenience store is back up and running. Yeah. So and the video store is there. So obviously they didn't condemn the fucking building or something. You know what I'm saying?
1: I don't know. I, I'm trying to go remember, back to my mind because like, I hadn't watched he, that in a he while. Just, I feel he just like the gate and Randall I know, comes but, but, out. Randall comes out. He's like, "Oh, dude, what happened?" No, he no. Randall shows up. Yeah, he doesn't come out of his store. He just shows up for work, and he winds up walking into the building. I'm trying to remember the zoom out shot because I feel like they show the video store fucked up too. Yeah, it just doesn't make sense. Yeah, but either way, um, that's my only gripe (laughs) with that movie. But then we also get a Rosario Dawson. Yes, in this movie. Yeah, before she got super big. Holy shit, yeah. yeah. But but you know what? Apparently held on to that friendship because mm-hmm. that gets paid off in Clerks 3 again.
0: Yeah. Uh, Rosario Dawson's in it. Uh, we get a new, uh, some new characters. We get... Um, Elias. Elias. <laughs> fun, fun character. Yes. Uh, we get Wanda Sykes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kevin Smith's wife returns mm-hmm. as a bitch. Oh, yeah. Uh, we kind of get a few more characters, I believe. Jason Lee shows up. Jason Lee. Uh, Ben Affleck. Uh, Wanda Sykes is in it mm-hmm. I forgot that she was in it She was the uh, During the infamous uh, Porch monkey scene Yes <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'll leave it at that Because that is a
0: Fucking hilarious And fucked up Part of the movie
1: Very But it's, it's <laughs> I'm bringing it back But you know what It's played so well mm-hmm. though Because it's not played With any sort of hate It's yeah. played with Pure ignorance And that's what Makes it funny Yeah
0: That's the right thing About ignorance
1: It's fucking hilarious <laughs> But no, but so many great quotes from this movie. You never go ass to mouth. Uh, Unless it's in the heat of the moment. Yes. And then
0: my favorite, and I will like.
1: You quote this so much. But like, it's,
0: my favorite is just, all right, so we're going back to the callback of the two drug dealers. Yes. Jane and Silent Bob. Oh, okay. And, 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 and we get Ethan Soup, please, back. And the other guy who's constantly showing up yep. in the VSQ universe to buy drugs. And who are these Bible thumping freaks? Whoa, that's the holy fucking Bible son. <laughs> <laughs> and they keep weeding the Bible. Uh, but the only reason they went to like a rehab thing is because they were driving... Don't keep
1: weeding the Bible.
0: <laughs> they, they were driving around with deployed airbags, deployed airbags and got charged with suspicion of mischief. <laughs> I've been pulled over. For suspicion of mischief, it's a Patriot Act kind of bullshit. It's just a legal way of saying I'm pulling you over because I think you're doing something weird at three o'clock in the morning. Yeah, mine was driving a drunk home, but like (laughs) that was my suspicion of mischief. But like I'm just thinking, like, oh my god, these fucking idiots! It's like a Cheech and Chong movie. That's all it is. It's just a Cheech and Chong, and the music choice in these movies, in this movie particular, is very off the rails oh man so we get jackson five yes we get king Diamond. yes we get uh what is it uh it's not tears for fears but the
1: people who do goodbye horses yeah uh <laughs> and it's just like what the fuck oh and you get uh, 19 uh, the smash the pumpkin song 1969 yeah no th- no that's iggy pop no um i forget yeah, but it's the Smashing Pumpkins yeah. song. That's the fucking year number. Yeah, uh, but you get that one, and I was like, no, 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 an "The soundtrack- pop. I can't let that one fly yeah, the, the, the soundtrack is kind of all over. The
0: 1979, place. I 1979. I 1979. Yeah. Uh, the wee <laughs> The roller coaster song.
1: Billy Corgan riding a roller coaster. We.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that got you good, didn't it? Well, I've seen that before. I'm just like tick 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 tick. We. <laughs> Oh yeah, we're making it. We're making it. We. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so like we get this weird, this weird conversation about the backstory because we just need a little bit of exposition about of why, hey, why they leave the convenience store? Oh, it burned. Randall it. left it burned. the coffee machine on. Yeah, he's a piece of shit. Uh, and this is the whole story of Randall being a piece of shit, uh, and Dante not realizing like I should have killed this son of a bitch. <laughs> that's how. I got, that's what I took away from clerks too. Uh, And with Elias being kind of like a buffer of just like, and this, I will say this was when you start doing it, like even in sitcoms where you have a, uh, not a heel character, not an evil character. But someone who just takes shit
1: and attack. Intag- oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Someone
0: who just takes shit constantly because it happens in Parks and Rec, The Office. All these shows started having a character where we just shit on constantly for no good reason. Yeah, there's nothing technically wrong with a lie. He's and, just the punching bag. Yeah, he's just the fucking punching bag, and we got to have that. Yeah, uh, and he plays it perfectly. He does
1: mm-hmm, because it, none of it really phases him.
0: Yeah, and even the conversations with him kind of reminds me pillow of pants, pillow pants. Uh, and I love Randall kind of just like stops what he, they're in the middle of like a lunch rush too yeah. Yeah. and like and he's like fucking what? what did you hear what this fucking guy just said and Dante's just trying to be like dude I'm about to get married will you shut the fuck up yeah I'm just trying to burn through this I'm, I'm having I, second I'm about tho- to move yeah I'm having second thoughts already you piece of shit just shut the fuck up and
1: because it's all because Dante could be leaving to, was it car wash? Yeah, so the whole crux of the movie is he's getting married, uh, ironically, to Kevin Smith's IRL wife, mm-hmm. um, and he's going to inherit a car wash fortune if he moves to Florida. Yeah, it's like a turnkey operation or something. Yeah. So basically he was going to be um, marrying into money, Yeah, so to speak. And, yeah, Dante was not, I mean, Randall, rather, was not taking the news well that he was going to be moving all the way down south to Florida Mm -hmm. and leaving him in New Jersey by himself. So, basically, he's acting like a goddamn tyrant the entire movie and lashing out because he's a fucking dude and doesn't want to say, hey, man. I'm gonna miss you as a friend. Like you're the only friend I have. Like, like he's he's too manly enough and too much of a prick to actually sit the guy down and be like, you know, you're my friend. I, I think yeah, I'm so gonna miss
0: you a lot. This proves that Randall is a terrible person and friend. That's all this movie does <laughs> It's just prove that Randall's a piece of shit, and it does it even better in Clarks Three. That Ran- <laughs> Randall should have been killed in the fire. <laughs> That's why it doesn't make sense. Why didn't he die in his little apartment in the building? <laughs> But like it, it, and we started to see like Elias being a little bit more part of a crew Mm -hmm. with this one because it's always Dante, Randall, Jay, and Bob. You know, it's it's the four. Yeah, and now we got some extra people because you've moved stores. So just like any other job, you know, you start talking less to people you worked with, and you start talking to the new people. You start making. But of course, staying
1: silent, Bob moved because now they have no corner to stay on. Yeah, and uh, they're trying to stay.
0: They're standing next to the movies, movies, and like. Shifty, yeah, and they're just like, "What the fuck? It's not the it's, same. It's not the same because you're, <laughs> you're standing in a fucking drive thru piece <laughs> of shit." And it, it is, it is a fun movie, yeah, all all around. But some of the dialogue in it is fucking too good.
1: It's it's perfectly timed, perfectly edited, and my well
0: favorite, my favorite part. And what's funny is like the fantasy and the sci-fi kind of thing. You know, people fans of it. The Lord of the Rings fans yes. versus the Star Wars fans. Yes. and So you've never seen Lord of the Rings. I've seen bits. I've seen okay. enough. Okay. So there is a very homoerotic scene at the end of Peter Jackson's uh, <laughs> Lord of the Rings where Frodo is in bed and his buddies show up and they're all hopping around in bed together. Blah, 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 blah. That's just how the book is. That's it. Yeah. Randall. <laughs> uh, however, it isn't of Return of the King. It's of the, the Jedi. Jedi, and the guy—I forget who the guy is. He's another. He act- was an,
1: yeah. He's another actor, comedian guy. Yeah, but he is just like going
0: toe to toe. He's got the ring around his necklace, you know, which was a like big, he and
1: Elias clicked. Yeah, yeah but it was around. The same thing Is mm-hmm. like one ring to buy And they're having that Fucking saying no f- Well yeah because They're starting Eli- out Yeah That's because Elias it. Is like putting the onion ring Because he had already uh, Started it with uh, Randall in mm. the back uh, He had yeah. held up He's like hey Randall He's like what he holds up an onion he's like, one ring to rule them all. He's like, oh, shut the fuck up. So and he's like, oh, take care of the customers. Quit fucking around. Yeah. Like, and, he, and he takes the and guy's order. the guy murmurs,
0: He's like, one ring to bind them. And just, like, yeah, they're, yeah, ha- yeah. they're having like a nerdy he's thing.
1: Like, <gasps> yeah, they he's just like, oh, Jesus fucking Christ. And, <laughs> and it's
0: the whole back and forth. And Randall just goes into this fucking spiel of just like I didn't know what was going to happen because Randall admits to watching these movies because he he watched them because he he would have watched them around the same time I watched them because fun fact in 8th grade they took us to the movie theater to watch Return of the King I have no idea why I didn't know that at the time like I wasn't a big fan of those movies I didn't even watched the first movie I, just, I technically watched the second one first and then watched this in theaters because the school paid for it and I'm just like okay cool but the whole we got taken to the Flintstones movie no nah. that's the only movie our school took us to uh, but the the fucked up thing is he's just going off his spiel for no fucking reason Yeah. Just a nerd one up him. And he's just, and the whole time, Dante and Rosario Dawson are in the office. Yeah. Just bullshitting back and forth. He's technically cheating on his wife in so many words. Yeah. Uh, It's a quote, Pulp Fiction uh, If you give a woman a foot massage, is it sexual? (laughs) And he's like, If I give Marcellus Washington's wife a foot massage, Yeah it's fucking sexual and he's going <laughs> to kill you. <laughs> that's that's what he's doing. Yeah. He's painting your fucking toenails. Yeah. But like the whole time, he is just roiding out on this motherfucker and he says, I think I think the exact words were, I didn't know what they were. I thought they were going to brick in Sam's mouth. And I was just like, oh my God, that is such a fucked up thing. And the guy, and the customer guy is like... Bleh. Bleh. <laughs> and like, Randall's just like... Hey, come out here. I made this Lord of the Rings fan fucking vomit. <laughs> <laughs> what are you guys doing in here? <laughs> Get the fuck out of here, Randall, you piece of
1: shit. <laughs> <laughs> but no, like, in exactly what you see, so many great scenes, and it cultivates to, you know, they, they have, like, they decide to throw this big going away show. Uh, you find out the Rosaria Dawson's character is uh, pregnant with Dante's kid, mm. um, and Uh, Randall, after finally having an at-peace moment, decides to throw a little uh, throwing-away party for him, a.k.a. a donkey show, which immediately gets raided by the cops after the wife comes in, sees it, sees the cheating, yada, yada, yada. Drops the cake. Yeah, all the big shit. The reason I'm glossing over this is because I'm going to talk more in detail about those moments later. But it all cultivates to what makes this my favorite movie. Because... The, everyone gets arrested. Jay, Silent Bob, uh, Dante, Randall—they're all in the holding cell. And even even the donkey show guy gets racist. They took my donkey. <laughs> um, and they and finally both uh, like done I mean, Randall finally lays it out. He's just like, "You've just been an insufferable prick. You've been an asshole. This, that, and the other." He goes, "What the fuck?" And it, it's like a very visceral moment for these characters because they kind of did it in the first movie mm. where, you know, uh, Dante finally goes off on Ray's He's like, you know, everything is just so peachy for you, yada, yada, yada. Well, I've got to work here in this. end, but this one felt a little different because they were, the actress had grown more. Kevin knew his material more. That argument they had silences me every time. It's very
0: cathartic that they needed to do
1: it. Mm -hmm. It's the argument that some friends need to have with each other sometimes, you know. uh, Because Randall is just finally like, you know, he's like, okay, you know, what the fuck? Because he finally lays it out. And it's like, it's the first time you don't feel like Randall's being an asshole. You feel mm -hmm. like, okay, you understand why he's the asshole. A little bit. Like, it doesn't excuse the behavior, but but it gives reason to.
0: It's hard for me to understand this motherfucker when the one guy is actually having a life. You know, Randall has every chance from Clerks 1 to Clerks 2 to do something. Yeah. Dante's actually actively doing it with two women by the way, but still like <laughs> but like there there's something there. And this whole idea Out the gate of him moving to Florida. Oh, I'm never going to see my friend again. This is like the joke we have here. You think we'll see Mikey again? You think we'll see Cap again? Yeah, like, (laughs) what the fuck kind of question is that? That is the dumbest fucking shit. (laughs) He literally lays it out. No, man, I'm going to be in Florida. You could come down to visit me. Yeah. You're not crossing the fucking world. It's not like I'm asking you to come to Germany or some (laughs) shit, you dumb fuck. Yeah. You could take a plane. In fact, I could
1: probably have enough money to fly you the fuck down here. And see and and I get all that, but I also get the small town mentality. Yeah. So so imagine it was like, you know, so for instance, you got to go out. You you know, even though it's Charlotte and stuff mm-hmm. like that, you know, even in recent times, you know, go right out to Nashville, you know, go out to Atlanta, you know, you've got to see some shit. But you know that so many people back in your hometown know nothing outside that city limits. Yeah. So imagine folks like that, that all of a sudden you hear is going to be moving to Florida. Mm. They would be... I know my... Uh, not my biological grandparents, but my grandparents once were moved. Um, just the idea that we were moving to Charlotte from Gaffney meant that they were never going to see us again. No. Because they were not going to drive outside of Gaffney. No. So I even... I see... The childish mindset of Randall, of my friend is moving outside of New Jersey. No. Oh, I'm never gonna see him again. I don't go what I don't know the world outside of New Jersey. This is you know, he's kind of stunted. You know, as as much of an asshole as he is, the assholiness is built from the arrested development of his growth. He is still that twelve year old that latches on to the one friend at the schoolyard and makes that his personality. He found his one friend next door. And he's like, okay, I'm set. You know, I I can get my food. I'm paying my bills. I have my friend. Mm -hmm. I'm set in life. He had no more aspirations. That was it. And then he finds out that the one thing that he's really got going for him, his best friend, is moving away. I mean, that's kind of like your longtime girlfriend breaking up with you. It's still in a different emotional kind of break. No. So I, that's where I kind of see that from. is oh, like, no, I, yes, I see the whole, yeah, I can go visit them. But this is also talking from two guys that have no problem getting in a car and, you know, riding somewhere, hopping no. in a plane, flying out somewhere. But there's some of those people that, you know, that may terrify them. They don't know the world outside those city limits. And I, I totally understand that. But Randall, deep down, is the
0: most selfish character Kevin Smith's probably ever wrote. You, and that's what makes Randall great—that the actor mm-hmm. great. Because if I can hate you, you've you've done it. <laughs> like I, like all the blonde women on AMC, if I can hate you, <laughs> yeah, you're doing fucking a standout fucking job, bitch. Yeah. Because like, if I can have a visceral reaction to you being a character. You're doing perfect. But all Dante could just level that motherfucker right there in front of Jay and Silent Bob and just like, get a fucking life, man. Yeah. That's all he had to say. But no, he let this dude ramble the fuck on. He's like, you don't understand. I can't be here the whole time. I'll go fucking nuts. Yeah. And somehow Randall's vindicated because he ends up fucking staying. And then Dante's wife is officially ruined
1: Well, so later
0: on. But like... In this in this aspect of just like let's say clerks three never came out and just ended with clerks two, probably like I should have, but uh in retrospective. but Randall will always be a ball and chain, yeah, to Dante. And unlike Jay and Silent Bob, which they are heterosexual life mates. (laughs) That is being explained very well (laughs) in a few movies. This is my heterosexual life mate, Silent Bob. (laughs) Dante Dante and Randall are the perfect example of a fucked up codependent relationship where both of them are pieces of shit, kind of. Because Dante does not have a lot of redeeming qualities. Mm -hmm. He is a piece of shit, too. Because he should, he actively cheated on his wife. <laughs> yeah. And just nonchalantly did it. But it works out because we're supposed to like these people. All intents and purposes, they are villains.
1: <laughs> and see, and this right here is the reason why... Uh, this is an absolute positive because you have so many perfect points on that. But this right here is the reason why... The critics have never been a big fan of Kevin Smith. And I don't say that negatively because I know you like Kevin Smith, but you're look at, but you, but you'll look at certain moments like that and you're looking at it correctly within the confines of the movie. But here's why I liked it so much. It is a background narrative of what Kevin was going through. And he used these characters to explain his own emotional cathartic, like he used the movie to sort through shit. So, Randall and the Quick Stop represent his View Askewiverse. Florida and the Car Wash represent Big Hollywood. Dante is Kevin. What do I do? Do I continue to nurture the thing that made me who I am? Or do I run do the corporate car wash thing? And that big argument of, Don, of Randall going, I would buy the quick stop and own it myself. And then Jay and Silent Bob going, Well, we have the money. We'll give it to you. It's all a poetic example of Jay and Silent Bob brought in the money Mm. and afforded Kevin enough to be able to own his shit and do what he wants. The allegory of... Dante now buying the quick stop. Now he runs it. He's his own boss. He keeps it going. He allows Jay and Bob outside. You know, all this other stuff. It's like all is right in the world. And it's that background of like he did Jersey Girl and was like, you know what? No, I don't think the Hollywood shit is really what I want to do. I like doing the Kevin Smith thing. Yeah. so that that's that's kind of what I liked from the movie no I, I totally understand
0: that the only problem is you're, it's going to be hard for me to empathize with Kevin Smith when he's doing stuff like this and okay yeah you're getting pressure from Hollywood to do this there's no way there's nothing really stopping you from going back to that indie style there are other directors that do this problem that have this problem mm-hmm. and have figured it fuck out Tim Burton is the worst of the worst when it comes to this because all his movies are the fucking same that's mm-hmm. hey Here's a gothic looking movie. Here's my wife, and here's Johnny Depp here to fuck my wife. Like, <laughs> that's, that's the entire prop premise of Tim Burton movies. Yeah. Like so, the, the, so there is a way to get out of it. Uh, the storytelling is fantastic because it is an allegory of his life. But yeah. it's hard for me to feel sympathy for this man, right? Because you, because I mean, are, because like you, whole- s- you are established in something mm-hmm. that makes money in different branches. So like, yeah. there's no way that
1: you're going to be held back by not making more indie movies like he does later on. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> because here's the thing too. It's like, he even explained, he goes, you know, starting it off with the quick stop burning. Mm-hmm. He goes, that was me deciding for James Halibab strike back. That is done. I'm burning this to the ground. Mm-hmm. He goes, then what do I do? Then I put my characters in fast food. That's a corporate entity. He goes, it's another menial job that teenagers and, you know, and, you know, folks have to work. He goes, so it worked perfectly for our scenario. And what do you know? We already have a fast food establishment in our universe to use. He goes, so it all lined up. He goes, but it was also a perfect mirror to, you know, the corporatized, you know, spit it out thing. He's like the egg. He goes, that's why, you know, I put the weird egg scene in there. He goes, I tried to do little things like that. So, you know, I, I don't know. So, so it's like I, I just feel like it's the that's part of the reason why it's my favorite. Is it just it feels like the best mirror mm-hmm. to his life, without it being so on the nose. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, it's it's, it's it works because
0: it works both ways. It's yeah, still, it's still great storytelling, but it's still an allegory of his life. Yeah. Go, movies being the golden calf, and mm-hmm. to quote
1: Matt Damon, "That was your
0: son. <laughs> you sick."
1: bastard. (laughs) But no, so so I get where you're coming from, but I think this is a perfect example of why the critics find the flaws and don't enjoy the movies quite as much as maybe the diehard fans mm-hmm. that follow every step because then we watch the movie and we see like maybe the last 10 years of his life play out in a movie and it's just like oh, I remember all these little things when it happened you know yeah. that, that kind of stuff or, you know oh I understand that makes sense within the timeline of that that's why oh and like but then people that aren't as invested yeah. that are just looking for the good movie self-contained mm-hmm. are just like oh. These characters
0: and, suck. And I will say, to ask critics to understand that, they yeah. probably have not seen some of your work, who probably don't give a shit about your fucking life, yeah, that ain't gonna happen, son.
1: No. So <laughs> there, there, there's,
0: there needs to be some kind of cathartic thing that happens between Randall and Dante that doesn't actually happen, other than buying the quick stop at the end. They I, needed to have this, I will say, they just needed to fight it the fuck out.
1: To me, that was still a cathartic ending,
0: though, though. Yeah, the, the buying the, the quick stop. The, the ending, yeah, but that jail scene, nah. Fuck that!
1: that's still one of my favorite scenes. I would have
0: loved Randall to maybe put Dante in a fucking headlock, and Dante just accidentally elbowing him in the face a little too much to kind of been like, "No, motherfucker, you know, you are a bad friend." Objectively, (laughs) you know, and it kind of plays out later on in parts Three, but that's a whole new episode. Yeah,
1: (laughs) but I don't know. To to me though for for my personal tier list it's still an S tier because yeah. i, I think i think it's just, it's just a fantastic yeah. movie and and we can disagree i love the jail scene like even when i watch it there's moments where it's like i still just get like a little choked up because yeah. to me it's just the acting's great you believe the characters and again seeing it as the mirror of the two worlds yelling at the creative Mm -hmm. that kind of aspect and i think that's why it kind of hits me harder where it's like you know do you do the thing that's going to make you a lot of money or do you do the thing that you're going to feel the most passionate about it's kind of that underlying tone Mm -hmm. and i just enjoy that one a whole lot
0: but like go back to some of the jokes though oh yeah Oh, the breakdown of Elias is, is, <laughs> is, is fucking perfect. Oh, yeah. Just tearing this kid down bit by bit. Lord of the Rings, pillow pants. Jeez. Transformers. Jesus. It's like this whole
1: fucking thing. And, and, and the King Diamond through the... the King Di- and, they're saying. They're saying this the most- is this is what I said earlier in the episode that I was like, you quote this part all the time. This is such
0: a weird moment in the thing because I was listening to King Diamond at the time because I was into prog rock, and it's just like. This is so fucking weird. <laughs> Why are they doing
1: this to him? And it's just Jay crawling through the wind, the drive-through window. What? Because it starts with a, uh, yeah, he was starting on the whole Jesus thing. and Randall's just like, you know, the rise of the undead. Yeah, <laughs> it's just like, and so it's like he starts quoting, it, and these like, and then he starts singing it. And then yeah, Jay pops his head through the window. He starts singing it. <laughs> Let me help you out of your chair, Grandma. <laughs> and it's just, like, Grandma. <laughs> and it's just like
0: they're getting into his face they're breathing into the mic and shit yeah. and they're like they're mostly sort of trying to like I think they're trying to choke him with the well, cord they, well they're like moshing with him yeah. and it's just like the uh, uh, Silent Bob is doing the whole like <laughs> hand motion in his face and it's fucking scary and it's just like and it's like and they are moshing with him and he's like Jay's trying to fucking hump him and shit and he's like oh my fucking god and he's just running away and it's yeah, like and, and, the, and then he's doing like, Looney Tunes
1: snags yeah
0: because he's got the headset on and it's locked in and he's like yeah. snap <laughs> and I'm just like this is so Fucking brutal <laughs> meanwhile like some other stuff you know some of the other things that happen are the uh they're in the play area and uh dante's talking to his future wife and they're bullshit randall comes to say some bullshit mm. and at some point jay and silent bob are just kind of vibing yeah. outside and then goodbye horses starts playing on the fucking stereo yeah And if anyone knows the song Goodbye Horses, it's played in Silence of the Lambs, where Buffalo Bill by Ted Levine is tucking his shit back and dancing in front of a fucking mirror saying verbatim, would you fuck me? I'd fuck me. And it's the most awkward fucking scene because Jay does it and drops his pants and is fucking doing that shit with the fucking chapstick and doing the whole skit. And it's just like, that is way out of left field. <laughs> Why the fuck are you doing this? It's so awkward. His pants are down. <laughs> and it's like, I think it was, a, is it Randall or Dante that comes out? It's like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> just like pushing the shit out of him. And It's like, get the fuck
1: out of here, you piece of shit no it's it's fantastic and that's what I was saying like laugh a minute moments where it's like if, if you're not getting like good dialogue you know you're getting good little gag laugh I mean even just like the fast stuff where it's like uh, when pickle fucker comes in yep. and, and they're like you know grabbing the flies you know and you know, filling it up with piss and mm-hmm. the coke and everything else and, and eventually he's just like you know they're having that big exchange back and forth at the counter eventually he takes his food and he's just like you know what I'm not really hungry I'm gonna give it to these fellas right here and Jake's like free food fuck yeah runs outside and it's like and of course perfect joke payoff they're sitting out there he takes a bite he's frowning he takes a sip of the drink he's like dude this shit tastes like pissing flies man you know even just like simplest joke like that
0: just it's so well executed and the the donkey show which kind of it's kind of another left field thing and it's a guy fucking a horse yeah (laughs) and it just it just is tragedy upon tragedy because one of the moments we see is fucking Elias jerking it. Whacking it. Yeah, it's the fucking horse fucker.
1: Yeah. And it's just like, what the fuck, dude? <laughs> Honestly, to me, that's the only low point of the film. Like, it just felt like it drug on a little too long. Like, it was funny, mm. but we just lingered for a few minutes too long. We could have wrapped the scenes up a little yeah. faster because and it would have been fun. The, the,
0: the female is actually the horse. And yeah. It was just like. Randall being the biggest dumbass without doing any half-ass research on yeah. what the fuck he bought,
1: thinks it's the woman gonna be fucking a horse, but yeah. it says a guy fucking the female and horse. Like, I love,
0: I love Rosario Dawson's like, what the fuck, <laughs> <laughs> like get the fuck out yeah, here, yeah, in, in a restaurant, <laughs> yeah, because they they forgot to hit the alarm when they broke in, <laughs> yeah. So it, I
1: don't know, I love that a lot.
0: Yeah, it's a it's an S tier still, even with you know my gripes about the jail scene,
1: like it's still. Still oh, there. Yeah. What I'm gonna do is actually now drag what we mentioned there because we you had just gotten into the plot, yeah. So I'll kind of trim up. So we're gonna start now in mm-hmm. the plot of Zach and Mary make a porno. But yeah, so it. I knew that Jason. I knew that Jason was part of it, but he wasn't really playing himself. He was playing like a completely different character in yeah, the so, movie.
0: So the characters we see are Randall, the guy that plays Randall, and Jason Muse. All right, those are from the View Askew universe. The right. rest come from, actually, the uh, 40-Year-Old Virgin that had came out previous. Right. So we get Seth Rogen. We get uh, Craig Robinson. Uh, we get, um, I'm trying to remember, uh, the little Indian guy. I don't know if you've ever seen 40-Year-Old Virgin, but there's a little Indian guy who's a little profane. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: But actually, 40-Year-Old Virgin is one of the few uh, Steve Carell movies I actually like.
0: Yeah, but Elizabeth Banks shows back up. She's a side character in the series so yeah so we get a lot of comedic content they get an actual porn star to show up in the movie uh, two actually to kind of level off the whole like vibe of them shooting a porno which is yeah. kind of fucking hilarious because don't them- they do like a Star Wars inspired one so yeah so going into this and Zach and Miriam make a porno it's two friends uh, Seth Rogen and Elizabeth Banks they've lived together since they got out of high school, they were kind of fr- they were friends in high school, kind of outcasts. Blah 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 blah. Cry me a fucking river. <laughs> they go to their high school reunion. Now, this is where some characters show back up in reboot. Okay. So this is actually where he's pulling more content for the View Askew universe, mm-hmm. and it's perfect. So Justin Long shows up. Um. Justin Long talks like this. <laughs> and uh, he's in fucking movies. And uh, the guy, I forget his name, Brandon, Sum- Brandon something, Brandon Ralph, the guy that played Superman. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's in it. And Mary is trying to hit on this guy. She's like, oh my god, I had a huge crush on you. Blah, 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 blah. And he's like, oh, that that's cool. And the whole time, Seth Rogen is talking to Justin Long, who's here with Brandon Ralph. And oh, no, set, yeah, uh, Zach, no, I, I make movies of a more uh, all-male cast. And he's like, oh, like Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. He's like, more like Glenn sucks Ross's giant cuck. <laughs> he's like, oh, you make porno movies, uh, fucking movies. He's like, yeah, fucking movies. <laughs> and it's Justin Long giving the creepiest fucking vibe. It is fucking solid performance. And he's like, I'm sorry, I thought you were, like, a fan. <laughs> so I thought, you know, because you're more of our demographic. <laughs> <You> know, men. <laughs> and he going, God. But somehow, somehow Seth Rogen gets hit blown by another woman at the fucking high school reunion. It's fucking hilarious. <laughs> and Mary makes a fucking... Elizabeth Banks makes a fucking joke of herself hitting on a gay guy. Yeah. And it it's fucking hilarious. They go back, and the fucking power goes out because... They didn't pay the power bill. They live in a fucking shitty apartment. Uh, next, next thing they go to work. Seth Rogen works at a coffee shop with uh, Craig Robinson. Okay, solid fucking joke. In the beginning, Craig Robinson, big giant black guy, asks this little Indian man. He's like, "Hey, can I get off uh, Friday?" He's like, "No, I can't have you leave. It's Black Friday. I can't. Have- biggest shopping day. I can't have you leave." Why Black Friday? What about Movie Monday? (laughs) Like Muli. And he's just like, what did you say? He's like, man, fuck you. This is some racist bullshit. (laughs) And Seth Rogen pops down the back. Yeah, that's pretty fucking racist. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, I hate both you Ebony Ivory motherfuckers. I tell you. (laughs) And it's just, it's it's such a solid cast throughout the movie. But eventually, it comes across because there's an email list of their high school friends and like everyone they graduated with that everyone's a part of now and he talks about we could just make a porno to make yeah. extra money and she's like what are you talking about he's like everyone wants to see someone they know fuck <laughs> he's like i don't know i hate roseanne barr but i want to see her in a fucking sex tape yeah <laughs> because at that time sex tapes were being popular and it is a wild-ass idea, mm-hmm. and it starts like that. And Elizabeth Banks like, you just been doing this so you could fuck me? He's like, yeah, I played the law game for 10 years to fuck you. No, Miri, we need some fucking money. <laughs> <laughs> but they come up with the idea of making an actual porno movie. Mm-hmm. And Craig Robinson's character is like, hey, I can fund the movie because... I'll have some extra cash later on because he got hit by a postal truck, and he's going to be Oprah rich eventually. Right. <laughs> uh, that's the whole premise. He's going to be Oprah rich, <laughs> and he fucked this place. Uh, so they find this abandoned warehouse kind of thing. They church it up a little bit, mm-hmm. and to to con Craig Robinson into doing this movie, they're like, "You get to be producer. That means you get to interview everyone that's going to be in the in the in the movie." Yeah, and he's like, "I get to see bitches naked." Yes. <laughs> And it is a plethora of people that show up. They put an ad in the paper. Weirdos show up. Mm-hmm. One is an actual porn star that turned into an actress in real life. And mm-hmm. she's in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just the just the rolling scene of them picking these guys to be in a porno <laughs> is fucking hilarious. Because Jason Muse is just like, I get to fuck on camera? <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, let's see it. He's like, "Well, what's your special skill?" He's like, "I can get hard within thirty seconds, without touching it." And they're like, "What?" And he just drops his pants, <laughs> and like they do this like Kevin Smith music, yeah, yeah, yeah. And this Star Wars, and it's like, "Holy <laughs> shit!" <laughs> and it's like a magic trick, but it's yeah, because like, eventually you do see Jason Muse's dick mm-hmm. later on. Yeah, uh, so they go into the whole thing of, "Hey, we're going to do a Star Wars." Parody, and he's just like Luca Leia don't fuck in the Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> Craig, Craig Robinson's like very, very on the point. Yeah, C three PO is a guy being fucked with a strap on by no, no, no. R, the guy's R two D two, and he pops out and gets fucked by a woman, <laughs> the porn star they hire, and it's just like they're playing a song called Boba Fett. Uh-huh. It's a weird fucking song, but it's just, it's just like a really poppy song played in the background, and they're just doing their character design and all mm-hmm. this, and Craig Ross is just like, Luke and Leia don't fuck in the Star Wars. <laughs> solid, solid fucking intro. But what happens is what fucks it up is the building they've been filming in gets demolished. The guy they they paid money to rent from had skipped town, and was going to demolish the thing. He did it as a skip bill to mm. get some extra little cash out of them. Uh, so now they're at Ground Zero. All their stuff, all their camera equipment, all their costumes and stuff they worked hard on is in there. And they had this wild ass idea of filming in the coffee shop after hours, which right. is another callback to actual clerks. You know, yeah, let's yeah. just let's just film this in the in you know evening after we close. We'll just say we close every night. Blah 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 blah. Uh, some things happen. Here and there, uh, some feelings get brought up. Mm. Uh, One of the women they hire... uh, It's kind of fucking hilarious. It's an anal scene. (laughs) Uh, And Randall is the cameraman, is the guy they hire to do all the camera work. Yeah. Uh, They buy him a new camera to get all this. Uh, And he's on his back looking up. (laughs) And Jason Mewes is literally fucking a porn star. Mm -hmm. And she blows. Yeah. Basically. While Seth Rogen and Elizabeth Bakes are having this weird fucking argument in the background. <sighs> And where are you going? Blah, blah, blah. And she's like, he's like, she's like, don't pull out. And he's like, what happened to you? I got fucking frosted like a goddamn cake. That's what happened. <laughs> and it's like, it's just, it's such a funny thing because it's not Randall. Yeah. But see, it's like, yeah, that's Randall. <laughs> <laughs> this fucking idiot. Because you don't, one thing you don't know is where it takes place. You assume it's Jersey because mm-hmm. of how fucked up it looks, but I, you can also assume it's Philly. Right. So So things get said the porno gets shut down mm-hmm. because the two that started it stopped disagreeing he moves out and moves and a hockey reference is great in there you see actual guys wearing the kevin smith hockey jerseys yeah walking by uh uh jason muses character moved in with miri mm-hmm. not as a like someone she's fucking but someone who needed to pay the rent and this is when craig robinson shows back up and says like hey man i finished the movie after you left What we had is what I finished. Yeah. I want you to come and see it. But I want you to see Mary first. Yeah. So he goes out to Mary's, the old apartment, and Jason just butt-ass naked (laughs) answers the door. And he's like, hey, man, how's it going? I missed you. And he's like tapping him on the shoulder and shit. And it's just like this dude's like full dick is out (laughs) the whole time. And hey man it's all cool man no no i'm not with mary you know she just needed some and no we never actually filmed a scene together blah 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 mm-hmm. and he's like hey man do you know what a dutch rudder is and seth Rogen's like what <laughs> he's like oh no no it's not gay my hand is on my dick your hand is on your dick but my hand is on your shoulder moving your moving your arm <laughs> you're moving my arm it's not gay our hands are on our own dicks and it's like Seth Rogan's face is like, get the fuck away from me, You <laughs> weird motherfucker, <laughs> and everything kind of just goes back together. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they put out the movie. Uh, Craig Robinson did get his money from the postal service because he was Oprah <laughs> rich, uh, and everything kind of works out of the end, just like any other weird ass romance. <laughs> Kevin Smith does but like seeing everybody in it is fucking the, the nudity is gratuitous <laughs> the language is fucked but it is fun because this jason just justin log's character alone yeah fucking movies
1: <laughs> where would you put that in your rank list fucking a a a because
0: i remember i remember i rented it first and it was a uh director's cut yeah and it was just full of everything <laughs> all the extra scenes weren't added you know no, nothing cut and yeah, it was fucking yeah. hilarious
1: yeah and then the next movie which came out in 2010 i feel like we can kind of quickly gloss over uh cop out oh let's talk about this for the next 40 minutes so so
0: bruce willis no no (laughs) so he does bring back tracy morgan for this yeah from empire uh empire strikes back yeah yeah. but uh no so this was just a buddy cop movie that kind of got out of hand uh kevin smith did not do well with bruce willis bruce willis also did not do well with kevin smith <laughs> uh, tracy morgan is kind of hard to work with anyway so yeah. yeah so this movie was a buddy cop movie that kind of was out of his element
1: out of his element and then just everything like you said everything just kind of fell apart <laughs> in the making of like, this movie and if the if editing told, of this if, movie if he
0: had told me he was making this movie i'd have been like that that doesn't seem right. That's like yeah. that's like asking, you know, Tim Burton to make a Transformers movie. You know, it, it doesn't quite fit. <laughs> really? He's gonna make gothy fucking robots? Yeah. Ugh, lame.
1: But I've never watched it. I've I've watched it.
0: Where where would you just it's put just, it, it on a the it, list? It, it, it's a generic buddy cop movie. Yeah. that uh, takes a turn. Yeah. That's it. it's no RoboCop
1: (laughs) it's no RoboCop (laughs) Uh, but then immediately after a year later he goes right back to the indie realm because basically those two he he had a positive experience with make a porno Mm -hmm. and then cop out happened and he went nope fuck this
0: back to the indie world so funny fact Zack and Mary make a porno was so hard to sell Mm -hmm. it still bombed it's, yeah, bombed, but it's because they did the full title. Yeah. It's advertised as Zack and Miri. Yeah. But when you get the movie, it's Zack and Miri make a porno. And it's just like, what the fuck did I just watch? Or what? Yeah. A lot of people actually walked out of the theater in some stations because when the movie comes out in theater, it's the full title. Ah, uh, on the poster, it's just Zach and Miri mm-hmm. So a lot of people were just like, "Oh, this might be like a family kind of feel, you know? Nope. <laughs> nope we need to get our fucking kids out here because the girl's getting raw dogged on a fucking coffee table. <laughs>
1: like it's 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 that's literally what happens. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> so he had a positive experience at least filming with Zach and Miri even mm-hmm. though it kind of bombed. But he's used to having bombs anyway. Mm-hmm. But no, with, with Cop Out. That yeah. was kind of his final straw. And then he goes back, and he make, he doesn't go back to the View of Skewiverse, but he makes Red State. Did you watch this? I have watched
0: this. This is fucking hilarious. It's nuts. So in the beginning, they sacrifice a kid to Jesus. In the beginning. In the beginning, they just literally killed the angsty fucking teenagers in the beginning. And it's all because of a fucking, like, later on... John Goodman's in this movie mm-hmm. and it's one of his better movies. Great
1: performance. Oh,
0: great. It's right up there with the Old Brother Art thou. Uh, because he's such a he's such a big character in it. So he, he's a he's a cop of some sorts. Anyway, so there's a defunct uh, air raid horn that goes off that mm-hmm. kids are fucking with. And this cult believes it's one of the trumpets and revelations that are blowing that the end times are coming that they've been preparing for yep because they have guns and shit <laughs> uh it's a good allegory for david koresh and his bunch and J- jim jones yep. uh, so uh some officers roll up they get taken out now every fucking cop from here to the capital is like all right we need to take this fucking cult down and it's all because of an accident yep and that's all it is that's all the bare bones of this movie. I'm still waiting for him to make Blue State.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But another movie that just caused a bunch of outrage. Well, especially with... um, The evangelical community did not
0: like this. No, not in the Seventh-day Adventists weren't keen on this either. No. But no, it it is a wild fucking ride of a movie. I
1: I definitely recommend it. It's really good. I think I've only seen it
0: twice, but it's, it's still like... It's very. It's a very visceral movie, especially when the uh, preacher woman comes out,
1: mm-hmm. and
0: you she think she's dead. Yeah, and not to smart it anyone. Anyway, it's like no,
1: they they capped this bitch quick because <laughs> you, know, you got to. <laughs> and by this point, uh, for the past couple years, um, while all this has been going on, I think it started during the and Mary era. Um, but it really started picking up legs uh, around the cop-out and red state era. Uh, Kevin Smith's really started picking up with his podcasting. He mm-hmm. had Smodcast, and then eventually that turned into the Smodcast Network. That includes Telling Steve Dave, all the other shows. When he started making Comic Book Men, he made a secondary show for that. Um, did you did you watch a lot of that? Comic Book Men? Yeah. Religiously, dude. I only caught a handful of episodes because it was around the time –
0: Walking Dead was going to shit. Yeah, and it was the next show that was yep. on. um I remember there were some funny episodes. I think uh, one. Them, I think it was the funniest one was uh, they had this. Were they moving the shop? I think no, 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 no. They had some old stuff mm-hmm. in like the attic of the shop. Uh, or yeah, something. in the basement. Yep. Yeah, and, and there was like a thing, like a rocket or a car. A, like, it was a, it was a big thing. Yeah. Anyway, they're trying to get this fucking thing into the store. I'm just like, no. <laughs> You should burn that.
1: That is probably covered in asbestos. <laughs> it's probably made of asbestos. So, yeah. So, so around this time, the, the podcast stuff is really picking up. And on his main show, Smodcast, uh, that was co-hosted with Scott Mosier. Now, Scott Mosier has been his executive producer this entire time. And Mosier has, like, you know, tiny little parts and all of it. Like, Mosier, and one of the more recent ones in Clerks 2, was the dad that was sitting at the table with the kid when... Um, Dante, no, yeah, when Dante was taking a shit while Randall and Elias were arguing in the kitchen, and uh, Dante opened the door, he's like, "Randall, leave Elias alone." And it cuts to that guy at the table, and he like hides the kids' yeah. eyes. He's like, "Don't look at Liz, don't look at his wee wee, honey." Yeah. yeah, that's Scott Mosier. So he has a show with Kevin Smith, and they went through this whole thing where they were. Reading up weird Craigslist um, uh, postings, mm-hmm. and someone was talking about uh, a free place to rent. The only thing you had to do was dress up like a walrus, and that captivated their At am- they spent almost an entire episode laughing and just yeah. like get, like making a mockery of and like creating all these narratives. You know, and Kevin's all high as fuck, so he's like half of the episode is him just doing. Ah! Had he had the heart
0: attack by then? No.
1: Okay. Not at all.
0: So They're still fat Kevin?
1: <laughs> yes. Still fat Kev Smith. Um and he is just like laughing his ass off and at the very end of it he goes guys this has been fucking hilarious but you know what I feel like we could actually do something with this maybe not a comedy but like you know we we start talking some horror shit in here you know I've never done a horror look I'm only going to make this if people are fucking interested like if this is just a high Kevin Smith moment we're laughing at it in the moment it's going to stay here he goes but get on Twitter hashtag walrus yes if you want me to make this movie hashtag walrus no if you are against me making this movie I will tally up the votes and we'll figure it out by the next time we get on Smodcast a week later he gets back on and he's like well there was only one vote for Walrus No and the comment said I saw there were no votes for Walrus No so I had to vote it just for so we had a diplomatic vote <laughs> so at that point we get Tusk have you seen Tusk? But I started Tusk, and I fell asleep. Okay, so... We don't have to have a play-by-play, though. So, We're running so, long on this episode. Yeah, so
0: Tusk is another body horror movie that came out around the same time Horns came out Yeah. with uh, Daniel Radcliffe and Human Centipede 2. So, like, the body
1: horror was in. Yeah,
0: but it is a fucking dumbass of a movie. Uh, you do kind of get the introduction of Kevin Smith's Daughter, which turns into the next movie, Yoga Hosers, which is kind of fucking... Like I have seen that campy one. and stupid, but it's fun because uh, it's like little people. <laughs> uh, and uh, but Johnny Depp's in this movie, yeah. Which it, it kind of takes you out of it for a second because because not only is he in it, he dies. I think no, he's still alive. Oh yeah, because those the, the plans of doing another one. But no, it's just this creepy fucking like hostile type dude who's like cons Justin Long.
1: A podcaster, a podcaster. <laughs>
0: oh, and uh, Haley Joe Osmond is his co is his co co host and he's such a dick to his girlfriend that Haley Joe Osmond is fucking her too. <laughs> it's fucking hilarious, and I'm just like Justin Long is a legitimately a terrible character, and this he's a terrible person. Yeah, and he deserves everything that happens to him, as into being turned into a giant walrus so that this yeah. guy might want to fuck or eat. <laughs> Not really sure what's going on. But no, he ends, They end up fighting him. He's still there, and he ends up in like a zoo, mm-hmm. and that's that's basically it. It's a fucked up movie. He lived, but,
1: but he got sewn he, into a goddamn walrus. He had a giant
0: walrus. <laughs> yeah, so that's the end of that. And, and
1: the thing is, is when this it has a mov-
0: big cult following now. Now, no, when it came out, it was stupid as fuck,
1: dude. When it came out. There was no one saying anything yeah. positive about this movie, which just kind of leads back to what I was saying earlier about when after Zack make a porno, it started pot smoking Kevin Smith. Mm-hmm. And this is one of those examples of they're like, he fucked it up. Mm-hmm. It was an interesting concept, but he's lacking as a filmmaker now.
0: Yeah, I don't think it's lacking as a lack filmmaker. It was just an idea he shot and, and missed. Yeah, but you know, right now it's like you said, it's a cult following. Yeah, it's a lot found of our, its
1: audience just know. like Mallrats did. Mallrats was not well received when it yeah. first came out, but now it's found its audience, and much like that, I mean, that maybe that's just the hook of Kevin Smith. Maybe he's always just a little too early. Yeah, <laughs> not, just, not
0: too early, but just like not appreciated at the time yeah yeah i can see that so like some of his movies age well some of them don't go back to like chasing amy yeah like so yeah though that doesn't have a cult following because it doesn't age well yeah. but clerks two is going to age well mm-hmm. because everyone's gonna be working in that kind of situation yeah. tusk tusk ages well because it's just a body horror movie yeah
1: and everyone's looking for a new horror movie yeah and then yeah like you said right after that comes yoga hosers now By this point, and I know I was during Tusk, but definitely by Yoga Hosers, I was hardcore listening to every single Kevin Smith podcast that was Mm -hmm. coming out. So I was on the hype train for this movie. I thought it was going to be funny as hell. It was going to be Johnny Depp's daughter and Kevin Smith's daughter reprising clerks type characters it was going to be maybe geared more toward you know a teenage girl audience but you know what this is coming from two people that had an entire episode about pixar versus dreamworks okay i'm not opposed to watching a kevin smith film that's aimed toward teenage girls i'm curious Mm. And Ralph Garman, part of Hollywood Babylon, one of the other shows on the Smodcast Network, fucking hilarious guy. He was gonna be in it, and I'm like, yes, I finally get to see Ralph Garman in a movie. This is gonna be great. And like, they're explaining some of the plot points about how there was like, you know, Nazi bratwurst and all this other stuff, and that Ralph was really gonna be leaning into his different accents mm-hmm. and voices. Oh, this is gonna be goofy and funny. I don't know what happened. Between, like, the concept being kind of funny and then, like, the execution just being so poor. <laughs> but this just, movie is probably, like... Oh, real quick, where would you put uh, Tusk on your ranking list? S
0: tier. No, I'm just fucking... I was trying to remember, like, Jersey Girl. <laughs> it's, it's, it's,
1: it's an objectively dumb movie. Man, I have to put yoga hosers in my F. This is the bottom rank. No. Like, this, I... There was nothing about this movie I enjoyed. Mm-hmm. I went into it excited, wanting to love it, looking for any reason to like it. Even the cameos from Kevin Smith as the uh, Nazi bratwurst things got old after like 30 seconds. They're all yeah. This, yeah. And then, oh my God, him doing that on the podcast for a year after the fact. It's just like, oh my God, fucking stop this. It's, uh... Yeah, it's not his best work. No, I I was I was definitely not um digging on that one. Yeah. <laughs> um but yeah, so after that one though, thankfully, um we kinda get a little bit of downtime. He kind of focuses on his podcasting a bit more. No, um, uh, Comic Book Man Men had ended. Uh no, Comic Book Men was still running by this point. Um and he was just really focusing on comic book men, podcasting, and just doing his kevin smith thing and out of the blue you hear that he's going to be doing some stand-up shows and you're like oh shit all right cool i mean he's always touring but you know he's doing like specifically like stand-up this is this is going to be interesting he had two shows back to back on the same night like a early show and a late show and both sold out immediately and then you later find out that they're going to be filmed for a special and it's like fuck yeah because between these movies he's been doing like spoken word specials he's not done one in a long time so it's like awesome he's about to do a new one well that exact night you get message through twitter that kevin smith's had a heart attack yeah and for the first time like th- this was like what every fucking celebrity was dropping yeah. in like 2017 2018
0: yeah uh- Alan Rickman, I think, had died around that time. Lemmy from Motorhead. David mm-hmm. Bowie. Yeah, yeah, I remember, yeah, 2016. The tail end of
1: 2016 was fucking rough. Yeah, so this was like 2017, 2018, somewhere in that area. Yeah, because I had a run in bed that Hillary Clinton would die and it never happened. So I remember just hearing that he had one and just all of a sudden going like, oh, fuck. We're about to lose him, too. This is it. It's just like I, I felt it immediately, but then it's like the following day, the update of, you know, I'm good, you know, this that, and the other, and it's like so much relief. And eventually that first show did get filmed, so what happened was he gets up, films his uh first set, goes to the back, and was just like I'm not
0: I can't really it. catch
1: my breath. He's like, I'm I I feel okay. I don't feel like hot. I just I can't, if it, it just feels like I can't catch yeah. my breath, I can breathe, but I just can't catch my breath. I just, I want to lay down some. And someone in the room just decided to call 911 and they're like, you know, you, you you need to go to the hospital. They pull him in and he's like, you know, what what's going on? You know, I just feel a little lightheaded. You said, they're like, you know, are you in pain? He goes, no, I'm, I'm not in any sort of pain. Anything else? He goes, huh, that's interesting. Well, usually people are in pain when they're having a heart attack. He's like, I I had a heart attack? He's like, no, you're having a heart attack. Like right now, Kevin. He's like, oh, okay. And they're like, yeah, uh, we need to get you into surgery right now. And they whisk him away, immediately get it taken care of, and like, bing, bang, boom. Now, the reason I know that story so well is ever since 2018, Kevin will tell that story every time he's on stage (laughs) Mm. now i love the man to death he's a really cool dude it just gets played out after telling the story a couple times my man you gotta hang it up and i feel like that's part of the reason why i'm even kind of like on clerks three because that's what fucking happens in the word for word like he took like word for word dialogue that he was talking about in his mm -hmm. standups or his uh, his podcast and stuff after the fact and made it exact dialogue in the movie
0: (laughs) Um, now he went what vegan or vegetarian vegan yeah so that's a hard turn But you know what? It's worked for him. Oh, yeah. It's going to work for him because he probably ate nothing but fucking bacon.
1: (laughs) Jelly beans. He said jelly beans was the biggest uh, thing for him. That's what got Reagan. Yep.
0: (laughs) Thanks to Jimmy Carter.
1: So after that, uh, he kind of had a new lease on life and was just like, all right, I'm not because, again, what was I saying? After uh, Tusk, he was just, I mean, yoga hosers, he just kind of sunk back a little no. bit and was like, all right, I'm going to chill with the movies then, mm-hmm. y'all. I'm going to i am gonna focus on the podcasting. I'm going to focus on doing my tours. I'm mm-hmm. going to focus on the other little things. I'm not going to worry about movies right now. I think I remember him see it. Like, the next time I actually saw him, because I, I think
0: it was you that told me he had the heart attack or whatever. Yeah. Uh, I think he was on Hot Ones.
1: Mm-hmm. no not ones not ones
0: (laughs) yeah and he was talking about like verbatim everything and when he said like he turned to veganism and all this stuff I was like that's that's gonna have a fucking problem for you later on too like that's you know, amino acids are very important in the diet. You know, <laughs> something has to die for you to
1: live. <laughs> so uh, now having a new lease on life and realizing time is short, mm-hmm. he's like, fuck this. I want to get back into making movies again. Now Blue he, state. <laughs> <laughs> he started making a bunch of promises. Mall rats, two. Yeah, clerks, that? three. Yeah. Jay, a new Jay and Silent Bob movie Like he was making promises on the get go the first one out the gate was going to be Mallrats 2 that was the first movie that was going to come out well we're recording this and releasing it rather in 2023 and we do not have Mallrats 2 <laughs> I don't think there needs to be a Mallrats 2 unless they're Destroying a mall for
0: like thirty seconds,
1: and you know what? They that was going to be part of the movie. He said the the climax of the movie was the mall was going to explode because they were finding an abandoned mall that was going to be de- demolished, mm-hmm. so that so they could have free reign of, to do whatever. And like, it is,
0: there's so much more you could do? Yeah, do do an original idea. I don't know because I don't. I think what's the next movie? Uh, the J reboot.
1: Yeah, reboot was next, and reboot kind of happened by default because. He was really fishing for Mallrats 2. That never got off the ground. Then he was pushing for Clerks 3. That never got off the ground because of the rights. And then he was like, alright, fine. No one can tell me what to do with Jay and Silent Bob. I own that outright. I'm just going to make a new Jay and Silent Bob movie. So Reboot kind of happened by default because it was the only thing he had left to play with. Yeah, and Reboot was kind of half in the bag. Yeah, I, th- I think so. So reboot was an, an an interesting plot because this is maybe the first time someone can kind of point to Kevin Smith and go, he uses lies to promote things because the initial selling point of the movie was. Well, I have you know, I have grown as a filmmaker since my time in the View Askewiverse, so I'm gonna make a new movie called Jane and Silent Bob Reboot, where Hollywood is gonna reboot the Ja and Silent Bob or the Blunt Man and Chronic movie, so they have to go back to Hollywood to stop the reboot from happening. So he was pushing this movie as just like a parody of reboots. But it turned into more than that. Now, maybe in a positive way, which is maybe why I didn't get a backlash. Mm -hmm. But he was pushing that movie like it was just going to be a retelling and a parody of the reboots that were all happening. But the hook of it is you find out Jay's got a daughter. Yeah, Justice. Justice (laughs) is out of jail. uh, Never called him for for the fucking reason that she thought he was mad at her.
0: Yeah, so he didn't grow as a filmmaker. He was still doing the same shit. Yeah, with terrible fucking plot holes. <laughs> like it, it, like it doesn't take away from it as a whole. No, but it's just a terrible plot hole that he left in a movie where the guy who loved you traveled to Hollywood and you almost got shot. <laughs> yeah,
1: and he kept you from getting shot, and then he took you to more stay in the time. <laughs> I know, right, and it was still just like, oh, well, I thought you were mad at me because you quit messaging me. No. And it's just like, what? <laughs> and you became a lesbian. Yeah. And, and we'll see, and I find that the funny bit because Rosario Dawson is now back, mm-hmm. but now, but she's not playing the same character she no. was in Clerks 2. Oh, shit, is this Thumb uh, thumb Prick, uh, Little Dick or some shit like that? Uh, come Quick Thumb Dick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: That was probably the hardest laugh I had in the whole movie. I though. laugh because I you know, you see his dick in another movie. And it just it's like, a fake dick.
1: I don't know, but still it's fucking hilarious. <laughs> he's 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 been very um uh, adamant on telling people it's a fake dick. It's a fake dick. But like
0: we get Jay back and I will say Silent Bob does look weird.
1: He's skinny which, now. Which is fine, you know, good for him and like it's like skinny Jonah Hill. Yeah, it's you like know? it's like you've got a more sober Jason Muse because you had a sober Muse on uh, Clerks 2, mm-hmm. but you've got a more so- sober Muse during this movie, yeah. and now a skinny vegan Silo Bob. Yeah, he's much so, yeah. <laughs> and now I will say in this movie, and I love Kevin to death, but he, he had lost a lot of weight really fast. Yeah, now he looks rough. Yeah. That's what happens, though, when you lose weight fast. The skin doesn't have enough time to retract. Yeah. So, for instance, if if someone were to get you know plastic surgery, liposuction, but couldn't afford the nip and tuck afterward, it would take it a long time for that skin to retract, if not ever. But if you slowly lost that weight over time, your skin would naturally retract with your body because it would slowly burn off with it if it was burning at a natural pace. His started just Shluffing off So his face Looks really sunken in He looked like he has cancer it, it looked really bad Yeah He looked like he had cancer And Jason Mewes Because he had done Zack
0: and Mary And all that And hadn't much done From that He looks a little rough too You know He's really tatted up a lot Kind of Yeah Kind of weird and it's just like, yeah, this is why this guy wears like three layers of clothing. <laughs> Not because they're selling weed in Jersey.
1: But, like, but the whole uh, switch of the movie, yeah, he's got a daughter now, but played by Kevin Smith's daughter. Mm-hmm. And now the ultimate joke on that is during this time of him doing podcasting and being really social media present, of course, he's showing off photos of the family and the house and everything else. Every time he posted a photo of him and Harley, people were like, yo, dude. You sure Muse didn't fuck your wife? That looks a lot like Jason Muse, man. You know all that kind of stuff. Especially when she was younger, she's looking a lot more like Kevin now. Like she's getting a lot more like mm. his features. But when she was younger, she had like the skinny nose and the sharp chin. Like she looked a lot like Muse. So well, we see her in like uh, was it Clerks too? Uh, yeah. yeah, as a child. Yeah, yeah she's the uh, she's the little kid that waves through yeah. the uh, window when they're having their uh, Smashing Pumpkins music moment. But, mm. <laughs> but no, I think there's a couple low points in this one. Um, a few of the long term jokes that just don't land. Like uh, like fr- it was cool seeing who uh, Fred Armisen in the movie, yeah. but his jokes just weren't that funny. Like his role wasn't that great. Merkin. Yeah. So like you don't.
0: He he tried to add, I think, too much to the View Askew universe. The pulls he made were perfect.
1: Yeah, Ben Affleck
0: talking about having a kid, you know, talking about. See,
1: and I thought that was great. And, that was an awesome chasing Amy payoff.
0: And, and like it's 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 a perfect. We see uh, people from Tell him Steve Dave on the panel. Uh, we the see, comic book men panel. Yeah, we see we see a lot of these guys, you know, uh, but too many characters have been added to it too fast yeah like when they go to court we see Justin Long's character from Zack and Mary and he's like yeah I'm your fucking lawyer now and it's like that's fucking awesome yeah I I love that more than anything because now hey guys yeah I pulled some people that you know I I had in my movies Yeah, yeah what would have made it better was just john goodman showing up <laughs> probably would have been fucking hilarious dedrick some-
1: bader shows back up yeah and there's some great moments because like um you get the girl gang version of what's go- of the you know kind of the guy gang and you've got the whole jay and silent Bob having to be the adult characters to mm-hmm. a point to like the rowdy teenager so it's a little bit of like the table's turn and like, and like the teenagers kind of
0: rile on the men a little bit and like no you can't say shit like that anymore yeah and it it You can argue that that's a kind of callback to the whole scene from Clerks 2. Yeah. With Wanda Sykes and them. It's Uh, just like, no, you can't fucking say that. (laughs) But like, even them, even them as characters, Mm -hmm. you know, you could have made just another movie. Yeah. Or maybe a television thing or something that could have been like, oh, no, this is his family. Mm hmm. Let's just talk about this. Don't do reboot. Don't do like I understand why you did it. Yeah. But you didn't do it, you know. And we you,
1: saw Brody again who set off the whole thing and he he reprised his role great. I thought yeah. that was awesome. But the weed guys that were there. Yeah, because because you find out because they're like, you know, yo, her name's Millie Falcon. <laughs> yeah. Uh Uh, don't tell her that you're her dad though like I don't want her to know she doesn't know that you're her dad Mm -hmm. you know this idea you can meet her but don't say anything to her but then you find out that uh she quote unquote loves blunt man and chronic uh and so do all her friends and they want to go to the blunt uh, the chronicon uh so they can see the movie this that, and the other and they're like oh yeah yeah we, we so happen to be going there too and they're like well you're gonna fucking take us so that the hijinks ensue with all that and, and exactly what you're saying it, they they could have easily played into that the pacing is wrong the justification
0: of him not knowing his daughter is fucking stupid yeah it, it, it's weird as shit mm-hmm. Rosario Dawson could have played her same character just like pregnant they could have just stopped in a movies like they would yeah and be like oh shit is this the one hey is Dante around no asshole <laughs> get the fuck out of here. you know yeah. what I fucking quit and that would have been like the sliding moment of her just going, but you know what? Fuck this. My husband's running a store. I'm going to work at his store. You know, it would have been like a cool little callback. We could have saw Elias again because Elias kind of bulked up a little bit. Yeah. He got kind of fat. Uh, but they are deplorable. I will say that. The girls are awful.
1: Yeah. But they are fucking hilarious. <laughs> um, but even got a Chris Hemsworth cameo. Yeah. Which yeah. I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, it's like, don't hump. The, the hologram. Don't yeah. take photos with the hologram. Yeah. <laughs> Do not molest the hologram. And it's, they're molesting It's really the hologram. weird. Yeah, stop molesting the hologram. <laughs> uh, and
0: I remember renting. I remember this is one of the movies I rented. Yeah. Uh, Those last ones I rented mm. uh, from Family Video. And it was only one copy. It was one of those movies... Like, you know when the new movies come out? You got like 18 fucking copies. Yeah, yeah, went, yeah, One. <laughs> uh, it had a weird, cool little cover on it. Mm-hmm. It looked nice. Um, I wouldn't have bought it. I've got a signed copy. <laughs> like, if it, yeah, you know, that's, that's, that's the thing. It's, it's a signed copy of an artist yeah. you really like, but I'm just like...
1: And nah. you know, and
0: I enjoyed I it...
1: A, I would buy a box set of Clerks 1 through 3. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I enjoyed it. Um, and I feel like this movie was Kevin had one scene in his head mm-hmm. and then he wanted to make a movie around it. Because to me, the best part of the movie, there's there's two scenes that honestly still kind of hit me in the emotions, mainly because they play it so well because they know each other, so there's a natural chemistry, is the scene when uh, they finally get to Chronicon and Jay meets her outside with a coffee and he's like, a coffee for you, ma'am. And she's like, oh, th- thank you. And he's just like, yeah, this and the other. Way. He's just, like, and uh, she's like, and they had some sort of moment of like, you know, um, it's always the little things that matter, you know. Yeah. It, it, I wish it had been my dad that you know had been able to do these kind of little things for me, like make me coffee or you know do you know spend time together, you know these little things. And you see Jay like, you know. Jay, the person, kind of getting choked up on him because he cares about Harley, the person, too. So, like, you see that natural chemistry thing, and he's just like, all right, well, I guess we need to get to Chronicon now. And then at the very end of the movie, after everything's revealed, the set and the other, he sits her outside and he goes, look, I don't know how to be a dad. So, like, I don't... And she's like, just stop. Stop. I don't want to hear it. I know what you're going to say. Just don't. Okay. I get it. It's cool. He's like, no, let me finish. And then silent Bob walks up with the coffee. He's like, I don't know how to be a dad. So I'm going to have to learn with you. And like gives her the cup of yeah. coffee. He's like, so we need to do like the things. Like, I, I guess I need to tell you about some stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, like, Me and Silent Bob, we've been, like, hanging out here forever, okay? And then, like, starts giving her the rundown. Dude, that moment still hits with me of just, like, ah, that's so sweet. Because it's almost the thing of, like, Hey, my fans are old enough to have kids now. They're eventually going to tell their kids, hey, there's these guys I've been watching since I was your age. It's time for me to show you these guys. So it's almost kind of like the passing of the torch of like, hey, show my shit to other people kind of thing. And I don't know. It was just really sweet. I think
0: think what would have been funny is Jay finds justice again. Uh And it turns out she's been on the run. (laughs) And she meets like, hey, by the way, this is your daughter. You need to talk to her. You know, I've told her about you. I haven't told her the whole story. Mm Mm-hmm. And why not open the movie with that scene?
1: Yeah, and then, I get it, yeah.
0: And then just keep on the reboot bullshit that he was trying to peddle. It's just him and Silent Bob telling the story of them making it to Hollywood. Mm-hmm. But... Some of the scenes are the same, yeah, but some of them are over exaggerated. Like they kicked James Vanderbeek's ass, <laughs> and and like the orangutan is not an orangutan; it's probably just like an actual monkey, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah like yeah. a little capuchin monkey. <laughs> like that would have been funnier to me of them trying to him trying to explain what happened in Strikes Back but all the flashback scenes are just Mm -hmm. the same scenes we know but over exaggerated hyperbole (laughs) out of you know just like and then unreliable narrator and then Bob had Silent Bob had to suck the security guard's dick and he's just like doing this like no he loves the cut and like and it's just like the the Carrie Fisher's character wouldn't have been played by Carrie Fisher probably would have wouldn't have been funny if it was played by the girl that plays Ray. yeah that would have just been a <laughs> kick in the fucking teeth but like like a version of reboot that probably should have been would have just been like a reboot let me yeah. tell you the story a revised history version of this but you would still keep that emotional effect going into yeah, it yeah yeah and her just listening to this, like, this sounds like bullshit.
1: You know what <laughs> but, I mean? but it still feels like like Kevin had that scene in his head. Yeah. Of, like, the flyaway scene of, like, Jay with the daughter hanging mm-hmm. out in front of the quick stop telling her history. And he's just like, oh, how do I get us here? Because yeah. I felt like that was the most, like, sincere, mm-hmm. like, best part of the movie. Because it was mm-hmm. just like, it was really
0: sweet. It was really nice. Or then going to, like, a movies and Elias is still there. Oh, God. And he sees him, like... Like, he's the manager, probably. Yeah. And he sees them and is like, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> and it's just like, just doing activities with his daughter, not just going to Chronicon or some shit, but seeing the world with her would yeah. have made more sense as a movie, not just a hop, skip, and a jump to fucking Hollywood. Yeah. Just to ruin it.
1: So, But, but again, the gripes that we have here kind of stem from people saying that it's... Weed Kevin Smith. He's not making good I, movies. No, no, I don't
0: believe that at all. Okay, because you can argue that because Quentin Tarantino stopped doing coke, like his movies went to shit. No, his movies are still fantastic. Like, <laughs> it, it, you know, there are some people who need it, mm-hmm. mainly musicians. But like, <laughs> but like, you're still going to get a romance, like a love story, whether mm-hmm. it be between a man and a woman, a man and a lesbian. A man and two women,
1: <laughs> a guy and
0: his kid. Yeah, you know, it still it still plays the same. Mm-hmm. Like I bet if you were to watch a Jersey Girl, you would see so many similarities between that relationship and Jay mm-hmm. and Harley. Mm-hmm. Like you would see like everyone, every care, every person who writes stories has a a benchmark they're trying to set. Yeah, and they unconsciously do it. Stephen King does the same fucking thing all the time. It's it's intro, backpedaling, horror end. That's his that's his circle, his his uh, Harmon circle, and Kevin Smith has one. Let's introduce some characters. Go, Clerks three. Kate Micucci's in it for no fucking reason <laughs> other than to dress like a movie and do the fucking robot. Yep. But she's in it. Yep. And it makes no goddamn sense, but guess what? In the next movie he does, it's going to make a lot of fucking
1: sense. (laughs) (laughs) And that's a good place to kind of end this uh, retrospective of the Kevin Smith films before we do a deep dive into Clerks 3. And I feel like we'll have a lot to talk about on that one because the- You're not a fan, actually. That's what we're talking about first. (laughs) The, The hate comments, the hate videos for this movie. Woo! (laughs) there's a lot (laughs) some some may be justified some people just love to find a reason to complain he's still going to make movies Oh, yeah. Maybe he's still going to probably put his fucking kid in it. Yeah. And where would you put Reboot in your ranking? Probably like an A. A? Yeah. A uh, because of, of all the callbacks they do with like Ben Affleck in them. Mm-hmm. And, and even the smart edits. So like, while they're at Chronicon, like, all the Kevin Smith films are actual canon because mm-hmm. Kevin Smith is the one directing yeah. the new Chronicon movie. I mean, the new Blunt Man and Chronic movie. So they make a bunch of. And Kevin Smith,
0: that director? Ew. Yeah,
1: like Kevin Joke. Smith, you know, not just making fun
0: of himself, but him generally being an asshole.
1: Yes, yeah, like in he the was like an asshole version of himself, so yeah. that was also funny. He's like, fuck these kids. I just got their money. Yeah. But uh, but even the smart editing of since there's panels for each of the movies, when they went to the clerk's panel, it was black and white again. Yeah. So it was like, even just like funny, quick jokes like that, those were all great, fantastic. Just overall, in retrospect, mm, honestly, I'd was put it as a B.
0: Randall wasn't in this one, was he? No. Yeah. No, he was not.
1: But no, so honestly, I would put this one at a B. It 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 was an A starting out, but with more time, it's it's more of a B now. It 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 was a good effort though. It it was it was nice going back to it. Just the story itself had so many plot holes, and just even the way it wrapped up, aside from outside of the quick stop, was just very messy. But yeah, we'll be back to discuss Clerks 3 in a couple weeks. We'll, we'll spare you guys some. We'll, we'll space these out a little bit. But either way, for this episode of the Couch Protatoes, I've been Alex and Chris. Do you have any sort of final thoughts for us? I would be so amped if you did a Blue State movie. And it's You just, want this Blue State movie. And it's just movie. about
0: a bilingual abortion clinic in the middle of fucking Oregon. And it's just <laughs> like there's no other parts to it. It's just that. And there's just like evangelicals throwing bricks at them. And, it, and it's actually a callback and filters into Dogma 2, the return of Alanis Morissette. (laughs)